Well, good morning, friends. It's good to be together today. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning as people continue to, to trickle into our space. Um, just want to say welcome to all of you today. I'm so glad that you came out uh, to worship with us. My name is John, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And um, yeah, if you're visiting with us, then I'm particularly happy that you're here this morning. And if you have any questions or need anything, just please let me know. A few quick things we say every week. We do have connect cards in your pews, and I love when you all fill these out, whether you're new or whether you've been coming a long time. There's a place on the back where you can put prayer requests. We do have a prayer team that lifts these up every single week. Um, they keep those confidential, um, and they're praying for you all um, as you face different things in your life. Um, also, you can uh, there's boxes to check on the back if you need anything. We do have announcement uh, handouts. Um, when you come in, and so I encourage you to get one of those if you haven't already and take one of those home with you. We've got some different uh, scheduling things and stuff coming up with uh, Christmas season, so it'd be good to read through all that. We also have a stream of our service online on Facebook, and we also have a stream in the cafe. So if you go through these doors right out through there, it's on the TV in there. Um, so if you ever need to step out of the service for any reason, um, you're welcome to go in there, and you can stay connected to the service that way. We do have a nursery as well. It's right through this door, straight back, um, for kids up to three years old. Um, so yeah, that's what I've got for uh, initial announcements this morning. I'm going to share a few more details later on as more people are in the room. But I'm going to turn it over to uh, Scott and, and the rest of the worship team, and they're going to get us started in our singing for this morning. Good morning. As you're able, I invite you to rise, and we'll share in this call to worship together I'd be on the screen. Oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you. As the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
Y'all can remain standing uh, for the lighting of our Advent candles this morning. Um, these ladies are all in a small group together. They may be our longest-running small group. I'm not sure. Uh, but they're going to share this responsibility of lighting uh, the candles for us today. I'll let them get situated here. They're going to read some parts. There will be a part for all of you to read. And so when we get to that point, um, say it loudly. When God's people were surrounded by hardship, suffering, and grief, Isaiah proclaimed, The voice of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to proclaim good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. We come today as people who are also surrounded by suffering and grief, and yet the Spirit hovers among us, tending and anointing, inspiring freedom where there is captivity, declaring blessing in places the world has cursed, and igniting fierce joy where mourning and heartache prevail. The voice of people who experience hardship and pain, yet 
We light these candles as signs of our shocking hope, just peace, and fierce joy. May our lives shine with the fierce, tenacious joy of the light who lives in our hearts as we wait and work for the coming of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
one needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. And everyone needs forgiveness, kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. is mighty to save, he is mighty to save, forever author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave.
sing it with me. Savior, he can move the mountains. Savior, he can move the mountains. Our God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered. One more time, Savior. Savior, he can move the mountains. Our God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Amen. Well, y'all can have a seat. Um, I realized that we forgot to uh, have our time of gratitude and lament, our time of sharing with one another, and so I don't want to pass that up. So um, before we dismiss our kids, we're going to take just a moment to turn to a few people around you. For those who are introverts, this may feel like a terrible experience for you to be forced to talk to someone, um, but it's good for us, I think, to connect on Sunday and so I encourage you all just to turn three or four people around you, share your name um, if you don't know one another, and then also share something you're grateful for this morning. And at the same time, if you have a lament um, or a protest or something in your life that, or in this world that's just upsetting you or causing you grief or just you're not feeling good about and you want to bring that to the community and share this morning, uh, you can do that as well. But let's just do that for a couple minutes and then I'll call us back together in just a moment.
All right, everybody, if y'all want to take maybe like 30 seconds, another minute, wrap up, make sure everybody's had a chance to share, that would be great. I'll call you back in in just a second. All right, if y'all want to wrap it up and bring your focus attention this way, that would be wonderful. So I'm going to go ahead um, and dismiss our children uh, for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. So if you're a child, four years old, all the way through fifth grade, then you're invited to go to the Wonder Room so y'all can form a line over here. Let's give our kids and our volunteers a hand as they come forward. If you are a parent who is visiting this morning and your child has never been to the Wonder Room, then I ask that you walk with your child to the appropriate classroom and make sure you introduce yourself to the teachers and make sure the correct paperwork is filled out. Um, but we are so grateful for all our kids and for our volunteers who provide this space for them uh, almost every Sunday. What'd you say? So I have a few uh, just quick announcements I want to highlight for you. Um, you'll look, if you look in the announcement handout, if you have it, there's a section that says December events and schedule changes. And uh, some of those are actually for January also. But during the holiday season, um, things are going to be mostly normal. But next week, the week after Christmas, the office is going to be closed that week. Um, we are not having the gathering, our Monday night um, ministry, for on Christmas Day and on New Year's Day. And so it will not be happening on Mondays. We'll continue to have our Sunday morning worship services. So 11 o'clock, we will be here each Sunday. Um, I will say next Sunday, you may have not known this, but Christmas Eve is next Sunday. It's coming up very soon. Um, here at Embrace, we do celebrate and honor Advent, and this is the shortest possible Advent because Advent number four, the fourth Sunday of Advent, is the same day as Christmas Eve. And so we're going to meet Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, and we'll have our fourth Sunday of Advent worship service, and we'll light our fourth candle, so you will get to experience that. And then at Five o'clock that evening, we will have our Christmas Eve candlelight service. And so on Christmas Eve, we'll actually have two worship services. So if you really like church, you can come twice in one day. They will be different services. So I, I do encourage you to come to both if you're able to, but no pressure. If you have to pick one, I would choose the candlelight service just because it's very special. Um, it's a very special time uh, to be here on uh, Christmas Eve in the evening. Um, so on that morning, though, on Christmas Eve, uh, that morning, we will not have nursery and we won't have our Wonder Room because we just don't have the, the staff and the volunteers to make that happen on Christmas Eve. And then we do not have nursery during the Christmas Eve candlelight service either. And so we will have babies and children in the room and they will probably be loud. And that's great. Uh, we love it uh, because 
If you think about the birth of Jesus, it was probably not so calm and peaceful as the Silent Night song says, you know. Um, I think Jesus probably was crying uh, when he uh, was, was born uh, on Christmas Eve. So uh, we'll do that, and then you'll see some other things on there as well, but I encourage you just to read through those announcements. Um, I do want to highlight one more. Um, we do need some help uh, with our sound booth. And so every Sunday morning, you see this band and people playing music. There's someone who sits back in the back. Chuck's back there today. Um, he's been a faithful volunteer for quite some time. Um, but we have someone who is on the mixer, and they kind of just help make sure it all sounds good. And so if you have any experience in doing that, um, or you just love music, or you're interested in learning and think you could learn how to use the equipment, um, then we need some help with that to serve on a rotation. You don't do it every single week. Um, but we are at a point where we, we really do need some help back there to help um, staff that because we really um, can't do it without it, you know. If the band just got up here and played, it would sound pretty bad out there because uh, the mix would not be quite right. So uh, we need someone to mix that up and make sure it sounds good. So if you're interested, then you can talk to me. Um, but really, you can talk to Laban. He's over here. Uh, he's our, our worship leader at the church, and he would love to, to help you and plug you into that role. I'm going to invite Dustin Pugel to come up. Dustin serves on our lead team, and he also is a member of our finance team, and he is involved in helping make the budget and looking at financial reports and all those things. And so he's just going to give a brief financial update for you all as we kind of near the end of the year. This is your all's favorite part of the service, am I right? Finance updates, yes. All right. Well, again, yeah, my name's Dustin. Um, uh, we, my wife and I have been here for about... Well, since 2016, and like John said, I'm on the finance committee. Um, Beatrice, who I don't think is here today, is our finance chair, and I just mentioned that because if you have any questions, we're, you can reach out to either of us. Um, but, you know, back in September, we gave uh, an announcement that kind of talked about where we are right now. Um, you know, when we started the year, we were expecting a lot of income like we had last year. Um, we budgeted really t just under that. Um, and then as the year's gone by, giving has dipped as families have moved away or families who were already gone um, stopped giving. And so we ended up with a hole. And, and during that announcement, we asked folks that if you uh, had been coming uh, but you hadn't been giving to maybe begin that. If you uh, have been giving but you hadn't increased it in a while, that um, you know, we, we encourage folks to do that. Uh, so today I come with some good news and some bad news. The good news is... Uh, this is a faithful church. Folks stepped up. People who were not giving started giving. Folks who um, uh, had been giving for a while increased their giving, and that was really amazing and I think a testament to the work of the church, um, all of us together in making this place run. Um, the bad news is we're still anticipating a shortfall for the year of about $33,000, which is significant. Um, but it's not so much that uh, there's a crisis right now. We have plenty in our checking account. We have plenty in our savings accounts. So we're not in a situation right now where things are dire. Um, uh, we're going to be able to keep paying our staff. We're going to be able to keep paying our bills. But it is still a very real need uh, that we have. So today I want to do a couple things. One, just encourage folks again, uh, like we did in September, if you haven't started giving and you consider this place your home and you want to contribute to the work of the church, the work of the people um, that we all do together, um, then I encourage you to start doing that. Um, and if you haven't uh, increased your giving, again, we, we hope that folks will do that. Um, Shelly and I are going to increase our giving uh, at the beginning of the year. And so we, you know, I invite you, invite you all to join me in that. 
Um, additionally, I know a lot of folks consider uh, giving a little extra at the end of the year. Um, if you were considering um, Embrace for that, um, and if you wanted to in increase your offering here at the end of the year, I encourage you to do that as well. Uh, we, we really still need that, and I think um, it would be great to be able to end the year with less of a hole. Um, uh, and I just want to say that, you know, we at Embrace really downplay giving. Um, you'll hear us sort of like mention it offhand at the end of the service um, and just say, you know, we've got boxes, you can do it online, have a great week. Uh, I think, I still think we sort of underemphasize that. I have really come to appreciate and value giving as a spiritual discipline. It helps remind me that my identity is rooted in the giver of all good gifts. Um, it is not rooted in my ability to produce or consume things. Um, uh, it really helps ground me in my faith and remind me that I am um, really uh, who I am because of God's love and God's provision in my life. So um, I really don't view this just as, um, you know, a donation. It's not like we're a normal nonprofit. This really is, you know, us all pitching in to make sure that we can be the church and serve the community um, and serve one another. So I love you all. I'm excited to start the new year, um, and we just wanted to make sure that everyone was up to date on where we stood. Thank you, Dustin. Um, we're going to have a time of prayer like we do every week, and so I'm going to kneel at the altar. If anybody would like to take that posture of prayer and kneel at the altar, you're invited to do that. You can stay in your seats as well. I'll give us just a little bit of moments of silence, and then we'll, I'll pray a prayer for us. And then we will say the Lord's Prayer together, which will be on the screen. Um, so um, you can come forward and join me at the altar if you would like now. Um, and you're welcome to pray where you're at as well. encourage you to begin this time just in quiet, just focus on your breathing, be reminded that God's spirit is here in this space, moving in us and through us and all around us, breathing life and goodness and love into us. Lord, we come to you this morning, and as we journey through this season of Advent, Lord, we've been reflecting on that light that illuminates the darkness. And God, we are all too aware of the darkness 
that surrounds us, that is hovering over this world. We are too, all too aware of the pain and the death, the violence and the suffering that so many of us here in our community are experiencing and, and certainly people all across our city and our world are experiencing right now in this very moment. Lord, this morning we are particularly mindful of those people, Lord, in even in Bethlehem, the place you were born, and not too far from there, in Gaza and across Israel, who are so afraid right now and fearful of the violence and the destruction that is taking place in that land, the lives that are being lost. As we discussed last week, Lord, we lament alongside our Christian siblings across the world who are trying to celebrate Advent and Christmas with hope and love and peace and joy when their lives are being wrecked and destroyed, when their families and their friends are hurting and suffering all around them. And God, we lament alongside of them, Lord, and we just pray that you would bring love and peace and light into such a dark, dark situation. Lord, we also are just mindful of just our fellow humans and, and particularly our Christian siblings uh, all across the world who are, who are seeking to find you in the midst of darkness right now, yet are struggling because of just the overwhelming amount of suffering that they are experiencing. And God, we just pray that you would be extra close to them, that you would be so near to them, that you would be the one, the, the paraclete, the advocate, the one who falls down beside us, the one who is there with us in the suffering, that you would truly be Christ even in the rubble of war. Lord, we know that, that you are a loving God and we are clinging to that belief and that hope, Lord, that you are truly near to the brokenhearted and that you save those who are crushed in spirit. God, we also pray this month in particular for those who are dealing with just a hard December, a hard Christmas, a hard holiday season. I know for those of us who have lost loved ones and are just grieving uh, the absence of those in our lives that we deeply love and cherish, Lord, these holidays can be so difficult sometimes. And God, we're just praying that you would be extra close to them, extra close to those of us who grieve. I also pray for those who are lonely, who are maybe apart from family right now, those who are struggling to make friends, those who feel disconnected and maybe on their own, that you would be their friend, that you would be their family, and that you would help them to experience some measure of joy and peace as they go through these next few days and weeks. Lord, while we lament and while we ask for your help, we also can just celebrate and we can give thanks for all the goodness that you are bringing into our lives. I, I'm grateful for birthday celebrations this past week. Uh, I'm grateful for uh, new babies that have been born over the, the past few weeks and months. We are grateful for the just connection and, and love that we've experienced with our friends. We're grateful for our beautiful times of worship here at our church. We're grateful for the good work that's happening in our community and, and even in our church through 
through common good and through uh, the gathering on Monday nights and through matchstick goods and through um, all the different things that are happening here throughout the week. There's so much, Lord, that, that we are witnessing right before our eyes that is beautiful and that is right and that is good. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us this morning to be able to hold space for all of it, that we cannot get consumed, Lord, that we would not be consumed in all the hard stuff that we begin to despair. But we also, Lord, that we wouldn't just focus on the happy things and live in denial of the harsh realities around us, that we could stay awake, Lord, to both the hope and even the horrors that we see around us and that we would be able to make space for all of it and live our lives to the fullest. Lord, we need you so much. We need you, Lord, to walk with us. And we're praying, Jesus, that you would walk with us this morning. While we're on this pilgrim journey that we're on, traveling through this world that is not really fully our home. We know, Lord, that our home is ultimately with you. And so we pray, God, that you would be with us and walk with us as we continue to try to find hope in the midst of hardship, as we try to find joy in the midst of pain, as we try to hold on to love even in great times of division and hardship and strife, as we try to work for peace in a world that is so violent. Help us, Lord, to hold on to you and to walk with you. And now we pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to share a little bit more with you. Uh, during Advent, I, I like to keep my messages a little bit shorter and, and, and make them a bit more reflective. And, and my hope is that these messages that I've shared through Advent would be just a bit of a spark for you to start thinking a little deeper for yourself, um, that it would be a spark for you to to start digging in a little bit more and to really try to, to reflect on where God is in the midst of your life, in the midst of this season that we're walking through. And today is no different. Um, today is, uh, I'll say more about this, but this sermon is not really fully formed in my own mind yet, so uh, I'm just letting you all know that. Um, and it's not because I didn't work on it, it's because I'm, I'm sharing some things that I'm like still in the midst of learning about and growing into. And, and I try to do that here, because if I always just share with you things that I have fully figured out, then um, I won't have a lot to share, uh, because I'm on a journey of learning and growing myself. And so I'm really, in this message, I want to invite you all to begin to think about joy, maybe in a little bit different way. Today is uh, what we call Joy Sunday, or Rejoice Sunday. Um, in Latin, it's called Gaudete Sunday. Historically, Advent has been a fairly somber season, like throughout Christian history. Christmas is often very joyful, but Advent, these times leading up to Christmas, is often rather somber. It's a darker season. It's a time to confess and repent and prepare ourselves for Jesus' coming. You'll see we have purple. That's the color of Advent. Also the color of Lent, which is another time to confess and repent and really look honestly at our lives and our world. 
you know, the days in December leading up to Christmas, um, they, they continue just to get darker and darker. They become shorter and shorter. This is a fairly heavy season for folks. Um, for some, December is always a heavy season for you. Um, maybe December is always a dark and heavy season just because of maybe grief and pain and loneliness that you feel um, during this time of year. However, on the third Sunday of Advent, many traditions kind of lighten uh, the load a little bit, lighten the spirit a little bit. Um, we light a, a pink candle, which is always fun, and, and we talk about joy. You know, the past couple of Sundays, and really you could say, well, maybe over the past many months uh, or even years, we've talked a lot about the darkness that we all experience, the darkness in our own lives and the darkness that is really hovering over much of the world right now. And to be honest, I'm kind of grateful uh, for Gaudete Sunday, for Joy Sunday, because I want to take just a brief moment to talk about joy. If you're like me, I imagine, uh, I imagine that maybe all of you, like, want more joy in your life. Am I wrong? Uh, am I right about that? Does, does everybody want more joy in your life? I also imagine that many, maybe all of you, feel like joy is often hard to find. For me, joy often just seems like it's just kind of out of reach. Like, I'm reaching for it, and I never can quite get it. Uh, I don't know if y'all have that similar feeling sometimes. Perhaps you think of joy kind of like we talked about peace last week, like it feels like a wonderful aspiration, but not very realistic, right, to talk about joy. Like maybe you think, man, I know the Bible tells us to rejoice and to be joyful, but that's not really possible. Do you know what I've been through? Do you know the pain and suffering that I experience? Have you seen what's happening right now in our world and you're wanting to talk about joy? Do you realize our planet is literally on fire and might be uninhabitable in a few years and you want to talk about joy? Perhaps it may feel a bit naive to you to talk about joy when there's so much sadness and pain and suffering around us. Yet, once again, just like peace last week, our scriptures and our faith tradition teaches us that we ought to rejoice and that joy is possible for us in our lives. A few years ago, during kind of the height of the pandemic and the, the quarantine that came as a result of it, uh, some of us read a book together, and I'll, I'll show you this book. It's called The Book of Joy, um, and it's a really fascinating book. It's, it's basically this guy, Douglas Abrams, kind of documented um, this experience where the Dalai Lama, great spiritual religious leader, and then Archbishop Desmond Tutu, got together for an event to kind of talk about their different faith traditions and talk about joy. And so this guy documented this, and he has a lot of quotes from them and ideas for them, and they did this whole book to kind of honor this amazing uh, kind of uh, friendship that these two have developed. And so I was, uh, like many of you all, during the pandemic, struggling. I'd been coming out of a hard season, and then the pandemic hit, and I just wanted to read a book with you all because I wanted to try to find a path to having more joy in my own life. And so a lot of us got on Zoom and we talked about it and, and really reflected on joy. I want to show you another book that I read this year. And I just recently finished. It's a book called This Here Flesh 
by a, a young author um, named Cole Arthur Riley. And this book is, is really profound. I need to read it again, honestly, um, because it's just deep. You know, it's one of those books where she doesn't use a lot of words, but she says a lot. And in this book in particular, um, she has a chapter on joy. Cole Arthur Riley is responsible for this website, social media account called Black Liturgies. Some of you all know follow them or seen their stuff shared on social media. But she just has a profound way uh, of looking at the world. And, and she's a poet at heart um, and a deeply spiritual, uh, contemplative person. But she talked about joy also. And I've been reflecting over these two books the past week as I think about this message. Both of these books communicate a very similar idea. And it's that we can have joy even in the mess, midst of this messed up existence that we're trying to live in right now. Even as we face heartache and challenges and loss, they both argue that we can have joy in the midst of it. Both books even argued that they don't believe we can actually have joy unless we experience and embrace the sorrows and struggles of life. That somehow joy is deeply connected to sorrow and pain. That somehow they go together. Now that may seem a little counterintuitive or strange, and it's still an idea I'm trying to enter into. And I think some of this we learn more just through our own experiences as we go through sorrow and pain and trying to find joy in the midst of it. But I'm beginning to think about joy a little differently than I used to. And just like I told you, some of these ideas are still a little half-baked in my brain. They're not fully fleshed out. But I wanted to share about what I've been thinking about lately. I used to see joy as kind of one emotion among many emotions. Like I thought of it like this. In life, we have things like sadness and anger, frustration and fear. And we also have happiness and excitement and joy. It's just kind of one thing, and we'll experience it sometimes, and it's emotion that comes and goes. As we, you know, experience good things in life, we'll have joy in our lives. But now I'm thinking about joy not so much as like an emotion that comes and goes, not so much an emotional state, but more of like an enduring trait that we just have in our lives. It's more of a posture towards life, a way of being in this world. In the book of Joy, the authors write, they say, how can we transform joy from like an ephemeral state to an enduring trait, from a fleeting feeling to a lasting way of being? Now, that's a deep question to ask right there. How can we move beyond thinking of joy just as this emotion that we have here and there to like really a way of being in this world, a way of approaching life? Can we think of joy as an enduring trait, a way of being in this world that really invites all the emotions and makes space for the full experience of life, a way that allows us to live more fully, more free, and more open to what life will bring us? Not an emotion, but a way of being. To be joyful isn't fleeting, but they argue it is an enduring quality that we can cultivate in our lives that makes space for all the emotions and all the experiences in life. Cole Arthur Riley, I want to share, I'm going to share a few quotes from both of these books this morning, but in this here flesh, she says this, and she says, there's so much that is worthy of lament and even of rage, because there's a lot of awful stuff in this world. 
And she says, joy doesn't preclude these emotional habits, but invites them. Joy situates every emotion within itself. It grounds them so that one isn't overindulged while the others lie starving. Joy doesn't replace any emotion. It holds them all and keeps any of them from swallowing us whole. Society has failed to understand this. When it tells us to find joy in suffering, it is telling us to let it go, to move on, or to smile through it. But joy says, hold on to your sorrow. It can rest safely here. And she even argues that we can have a sorrowful joy as we walk through this life. She argues that joy is not just one emotion, but it's something that actually holds all of our emotions, the heavy ones and the lighter emotions. A joy is a way of being in this world that welcomes all of us, the weeping and the dancing, the anger and the, the welcoming, the sadness and the laughter. Can joy hold space for all of it? I'm curious that in, if any of you all relate to my experience when I'm facing challenges or going through a hard moment or a hard, like, kind of season of life or I'm feeling depressed or discouraged, my gut instinct is to try to ignore those bad feelings and suppress them and just not deal with them. Does anybody deal with that sometimes? Um, I don't know about you all, but I have my numbing and distraction habits in my life. Um, I... You know, there are good podcasts out there that challenge my mind, but often when I'm listening to a podcast, it's just so I don't have to think about anything else, right? It's so I can just ignore the hard stuff in my life, numb myself, um, scrolling on social media, busying myself with just random mindless tasks around my house, watching TV, eating good food. You know, these are things often that can be numbing habits for me. My gut instinct when I go through a hard time or I'm stressed out or I'm overwhelmed, is just to try and numb the painful feelings and ignore the challenges that I'm facing. But what ends up happening to me is that I feel less painful emotion, yes. I, I, can, I can suppress it fairly well. But I also feel less positive emotion at the same time. I don't feel as much sadness, but I also don't feel as much happiness. I'm just kind of like there existing in the world. And I can say in confidence that I don't really have joy when I'm in that kind of frame of mind and I'm in that space in my life. In an effort to feel better, I actually live less and I have less joy. As a parent of a, a toddler, I'm learning that there are so many chores I have to do every single day. It's like I thought I moved past chores in my life, you know. Um, that was something for when I was younger, but no, I have all these things I have to do every single day, and Laura has all these things she has to do every single day just to, like, keep this child going, you know, um, in his routines and in his life. Um, so many things, so many chores every night. At night after dinner, we relax just for a very few minutes, uh, and then I have stuff to do before bedtime. Cleaning, packing Kai's lunch, picking up, doing all the different tasks to make sure we're ready for the next day. And so often what I would do is just put in my headphones and listen to some mindless podcast or listen to uh, Kentucky Sports Radio or something, you know, just to kind of numb myself to all the things that are going on and just forget about everything for a little while. But lately what I've been doing more often is listening to music when I do this. And I'll put on my headphones, I turn up some music, you know, pretty loud in my headphones. And, and I don't know, like, it's, it, the music for me, like, 
takes me to like an emotional place sometimes. I don't know if it does it for you all. But um, recently, like, I've had some moments where I've literally like started like kind of crying as I'm doing dishes because of the emotions that I'm feeling as I'm listening to these songs. And, and these emotions just kind of that have been suppressed start to rise to the surface. One night in particular, uh, I was listening to this new album by an artist I like, Sufjan Stevens, and he, he came out with a new album recently that was really recorded, and, and it's being released in a moment of tragedy and suffering for him after losing his partner and, and uh, having this incredibly awful like medical diagnosis that's basically paralyzed him temporarily, and it's been a really hard season. And he has a song on his album called, Will Anybody Ever Love Me? And it's a deep song. Some of the lines, will every, anybody ever love me? For good reasons, without grievance, not for sport. Will anybody ever love me in every season? Pledge allegiance to my heart. Pledge allegiance to my burning heart. And as I listened to it, like, some of these, like, deep, suppressed emotions just started rising in me, you know? Um, and this desire that I have, that I think all of us have, for, like, unconditional love and acceptance just came to the surface and I just cried, feeling that deep longing for love and belonging and connection. And here's the fascinating part of it, though. In that moment, I also felt, began to feel this inward contentment and peace inside of me, even as I felt sadness. And then it moved into feeling more connected to myself. And then I felt more connected to others, like my wife, to Laura. In that moment, I started thinking about all the people that actually do love me in that way. And my mind moved in that direction. And in that moment, I think I truly felt joy. <laughs> like, I've experienced joy in that moment. I felt alive to the, all the range of things that was going on inside of me in that moment. The book of joy, we read, Indeed, the more we turn towards the suffering, our own and others, the more we can turn toward the joy. We accept them both turning the volume of life up, or we turn our backs on life itself, becoming deaf to its music. And I love that. Like, when we accept the full range of experience and emotion in life, we turn the volume of life up. And I'll tell you, too often, my struggle is I'm deaf to life's music, <laughs> failing to find joy, maybe because I'm failing to fully live and to experience all of it. Our psalm reading for this morning comes from the lectionary, actually, for today, Psalm 126, and I want to read it for you. We find the full range of life's experience, lament, mourning, grief, and also dancing and laughter. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. The poet who wrote this song remembered the pain and honored the pain. They remembered those times when they sowed in tears, when they went out weeping. But the poet also remembered the good times, the times of restoration and healing and laughter and happiness. 
And I love the way the Psalms, really all of the Psalms in Scripture, make space for all of it. Accepting the full scope of the human experience. Remembering and honoring the sorrow and pain, but also rejoicing for the healing and the freedom that was experienced and the hope of that freedom and healing that we will experience in the future. You know, when the announcement of Jesus' birth came to Mary and to Joseph, to the shepherds, um, I'm sure to the Magi, even to John the Baptist as he was in the womb of his mother, they rejoiced. They sang songs. They danced. They praised. They wrote music even in those moments because they were thrilled. They laughed and they loved because they saw that something good was happening. But also, even in the midst of the darkness that covered their land, they were able to rejoice even as they knew that they were facing incredible challenges around them, just living in the occupied land that they were living in. And I wonder if they were able to rejoice in that moment because they were part of a faith tradition of the Israelites that consistently made space for both, gratitude and lament, for praise and for protest. You may wonder why every week we do gratitude and lament every week because we want to make space for all of it because we know that that's what we need to do if we're going to fully Live. We want our faith tradition to be connected to the Israelite faith tradition where they make space for this. Psalm 126 is an example, I think, of this spaciousness that we're talking about, this holding of all of life. The Psalms certainly turn the music up louder to the full experience of life, the hard and the happy and the loss and the liberation. Cole Arthur Riley shares in her book uh, her favorite picture of joy from Scripture. And this is I think fairly profound, and I still need to reflect on this more. But there's a moment after exile when the Israelites return to their land. And they begin to rebuild the temple that had been destroyed. And there's a moment where they lay the foundation, and all these people around start rejoicing. They start singing songs of gratitude and thanks, and they're so thrilled because they see the foundation of the temple has been laid, and they're about to see this temple restored and built up once again. They were so grateful, happy, excited about this new chapter of their life together. Yet at the very same time, there were elders in the community who began to loudly weep because they remembered the, the stories and they remembered the former glory of the temple and what it used to be like. And so they also held space in that moment for the grief and for the lament. They remembered the former glory. And Ezra we read, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. And Riley shares, she says, I've not found a better portrait of joy, sorrow and celebration all mixing together in holy cacophony, a collective so loud that weeping and laughter were made one. A sound so loud that it was heard by others, even those far away. So my thought that I want you all to think about this week is maybe the path to more joy is not just trying to focus on happy things, but it's actually living more loudly. It's inviting more of the life experience, being more open to both the sorrow and the celebration. Maybe joy is less about being happy and it's more about being fully alive. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share, uh, yeah, we can clap for joy this morning. <laughs>
Uh, we're going to share communion this morning. I'll invite the worship team to come on up as we get ready to share communion. Every week we share communion here at Embrace. And during Advent, I've been thinking of communion not so much just focused on Jesus' death, and that's often what we think about during communion, the death and then the, the resurrection that comes after. But really thinking the whole scope of Jesus' life. Over the years, I've been deeply impacted reflecting on the incarnation, the idea that God would, would ultimately empty uh, himself of everything and come walk among us here in this world, would give up power and status and authority and all of that to come and enter into this messed up and broken place because of love, because of a desire that we would be able to experience beauty and love and peace here in this world. So as we share communion, I encourage you just to reflect on, on the advent of the coming of God into this world to share with us light and love and goodness and ultimately to bring us that gift of joy where we truly can walk through this life with an acceptance of all of it and finding meaning and purpose and value in the way that we live here in this world together. Y'all bow your heads with me just for a moment. God, we thank you for this time that we get to share together. We thank you for the gifts that you give us of, of hope that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the gift of peace, the gift of joy, and, and next week the gift of love. And we thank you, Lord, for those lights that come into our life, those gifts that bring light and illuminate the darkness of our existence here. And God, we pray that, that this morning we could have just a glimmer of light to help sustain us and inspire us and, and, and give us more fortitude to just continue moving forward. Some of us are facing unspeakable challenges right now. And God, I pray that this morning maybe just a glimmer of light could come in and that we could experience something good that could help sustain us in our journey that we're trying to walk together. Lord, I pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit on this bread and this juice, that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up today in a fresh way, in a, a meaningful and lasting way, and that we would leave here ultimately changed from the inside out, transformed, because we've encountered you, the living God. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up. Y'all just give me a moment. We're going to prepare a communion, and then I'll invite you up in just a minute. At Embrace, we take communion weekly, and we take it by you'll form two lines down the center aisle. As you come forward, you can have your hands open. 
um, to receive the bread and the juice. Your server will rip off a piece of bread for you, and then they will also dip it in the cup for you and place it in your hand. We do have Kleenex if you need that. We have gluten-free options, too, if you need that. Just let your server know. Um, I know it is uh, winter sickness going around. If you prefer to take communion on your own in the back instead of lining up, you are more than welcome to do that. We do have prepackaged elements in the back as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you'd like prayer, uh, I would love to pray with you or speak with you. I'll just be over here on this side. Just come find me, and I'll be happy to speak with you. But um, everybody's welcome to share communion. You don't have to be a part of our church. Um, we practice an open table. We believe Jesus' arms are open to you if you want to know God more. And so you're invited to come whenever you feel led.
came from for being here this morning. My hope is that uh, God spoke to you in some way. Maybe it was just uh, something, a spark inside your mind or your spirit. Um, I encourage you all to 
to really try to hold on to whatever it is God's doing in your heart this morning. You know, I, uh, studies show that we have a, we're really good at remembering the bad things and holding on to all the negative experiences, but the positive experiences kind of fall out pretty quickly out of our minds. And so we have to fight extra hard to hold on to the positive things through journaling, through talking to people, praying over it. So I encourage you all to really try to hold on to whatever, whatever spark, whatever God has done in your heart this morning. So as you're able, let's all stand together for the benediction. Before that, I'll remind you, next week we'll ha- we will have church at 11 o'clock, and we'll also have a Christmas Eve candlelight service after that um, at 5. And then also, tomorrow night, I'm at the gathering. Um, Felice and Thad and their family is going to come and do some caroling uh, at the gathering from 5 to 6. Uh, if anybody wants to come and sing Christmas carols, you're invited to come, if that would be encouraging to you. Uh, but we're going to be doing that at the gathering from 5 to 6 tomorrow night. Um, so... I look forward to seeing some of y'all there. Um, So uh, prepare your hearts to receive the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace.